Okay, we are live. Episode 124, Anouk Gottlieb with Belgian Boys. Nicole Howerton with Gives. Welcome to the show. Hi, how are you? All is well. All is well. Anouk, give us a little information about Belgian Boys. When did it start and what's it all about? So we started about seven years ago now. And what we do in really big is we make a living making people happy. We sell all kinds of sweet treats, waffles, cookies, pancakes, yummy. And you know what? When you have a bad day, that waffle is going to make you smile. That's what we're all about. <laughs> um, there are original founders, I think. Uh, maybe there are two guys, maybe. Um, right. just, so give me a little framework around that. Yes. So one of the guys, this one, is um, my husband and partner in crime uh, and George's original founder as well. He's a uh, passive right now in the business and, you know, behind great guys, there is always, um, you know, a woman. <laughs> that's, that's fact, by the way. Um, I still am a firm believer that, uh, anyway. Um where did this start? Did this start in Belgium or is this uh, an American founded brand? It's American founded. So basically, uh, Greg moved to college in, uh, he went to Brandeis in Boston and was, you know, bringing for himself the treats that we grew up with in Belgium. You can hear my accent. I'm also from Belgium and um, was missing them. And he found he wanted to get them, couldn't find them here. His American friends in the dorms were like, oh, my God, this is good. Next time your mom visits, can she bring this one, that one with the caramel, getting specific? And so he's like, you know what? Maybe maybe there is an idea here that, that we should explore and really build for, for the U.S. market. Early on in the business, where were the distribution points? And also talk to me a little bit about production. Where did you produce the first products? So everything uh, was and still is manufactured in Belgium uh, and its neighboring countries. And so, yeah, we're in the fun world of supply chain still today in 2022. Um, and uh, that, that really, you know, goes with our brand ethos, uh, the quality of the product that we bring from Europe to the U.S. consumer, that palette, that those ingredients that are just superior. I like that. I'm going to go back to that in a second about um, about bringing that stuff over. Um, but uh, distribution points early. Where were the first ones? Again, seven years ago, did you did they walk into a, a northeast cafe um, up there near Brandeis or how did that look? Um, well, we really did it in the U in, in New York, right? Uh, post Brandeis, moved to New York. I met Greg on a plane. My background's fashion design, so I helped with like designing logo. This that moved to New York and um, yeah, it started with like the local bodega, convenience stores around the corner, this, that. And then we went into specialty, but right now also in, uh, in more, you know, evolved over the years to mass uh, club um, and still in specialty too. You, it's Greg, right? Greg, yes. Greg, so Greg hit on you on the plane. We're going to have a separate <laughs> episode on what that looked like. I want to hear what the line was. 
I want to know, did he nudge you? Did he ask you to take out your yeah. ear pod? I, I just, we could get, it, well, that's for a separate, yeah. separate episode. Yeah, that, that's a whole other episode. And I think it Greg's would be got game. to have him on the podcast. We know, should get him, him on. Greg's <laughs> got game. We get him on here. Okay. Um, um, I, you're, you're bringing the product over. For those that don't know, there's a supply chain woes happening. I still don't know if it's made up, not made up. I don't know at this point. This world is, I don't know what that sound was. It's kind of like something I just made up, but I guess okay. Um, if you're trying to bring product over, just for context for those watching, it's expensive. Uh, I know that business well, um, just in past uh, life. Um, you want to put something on the water. It's a container. It used to be X amount. Try that being like five times X now. Um, yeah. And so there's probably some margin constraints that get affected um, that you guys are going to have to bury through. Um, give us a little framework there. What does that look like? How do you adjust? What are you doing to adjust? Yeah, you know what? Like we're not struggling of supply chain. Like we have this secret kind of container thing going on, and we're just like not telling anyone and not feeling it. Well, no, yeah, definitely. Every day fires to turn off. I think you know how I see it is a business used to be kind of or a business operation in supply chain used to be judged on how lean it was and how productive and efficient it was. And today, I think you need to be in that resilient business, right? If we used to import into two U.S. ports, well, today we import into seven or eight or nine U.S. ports. And that's because we need to be resilient, have our margins took a hit this year. Yes, container costs has increased, such as U.S. freight has increased, right? Like our the contributions margin of, of everyone has also taken a hit this year. Um, so I think there's adjustments to be made. And we have done those and, and, you know, work with the retailers to really, you know, weather through this already good, two good year comments. storm. <laughs> I understand. Good comments. I, I like that. And so it, it, it brings me to with you coming into different ports. And again, for context, everybody should understand there's ports uh, basically that surround uh, the country off the water. So you Oakland or now down to LA, but if you're on the East coast, it comes in off, off the, you know, the Northeast okay. side yeah. and everybody gets that idea. Texas. Anyway. Um, with that being said, does that mean you warehouse in those regions? Uh, in, in the U S correct. So we correct. work with EPL's uh, warehouse and then distribute to our, our retail partners and e-commerce partners. So there's a lot of different moving parts with that too. Again, you are a bigger business than most. I don't know if you want to talk a number, just again, actually context for me. Um, could I, could I just uh, do so? Are you North of 10 million? Yes. Okay, of course. So <laughs> what happens is as you get larger, you have to start thinking about that so that you can um, help your business as much as possible. And by help, you are talking margin. If especially now with freight being so expensive, if you're trying to move a truck from California to a distributor in New York, it's expensive. So what you're gonna to try to do is offset that by having some warehouse capabilities out there in the Northeast. Um, but again, that's how are you gonna bring it in? So in their case, they're coming from overseas, they're coming from you know, basically Europe. And Everywhere. <laughs> yes, there's a lot going on. Most yeah. of us who are watching don't have to deal with that because most of the products being manufactured, however, that doesn't mean your manufacturer 
doesn't dilute it. Right. So you may want to find a manufacturer on the East Coast, it might some on the West Coast, so that then you are then going to set up a 3PL within those regions so that then you are going to just offer the product to the distributors that are, everybody understands. Exactly. It is, <laughs> it is not complicated. <laughs> um, let's talk about the product line. Where, where did it start and what are maybe like your three core products? So yeah, we are, we didn't, I think the non-traditional way we, we came in with our traditional traits. I think the biggest learning we had over the past few years is that what started as this brand born out of the nostalgia we had for our authentic traits over time evolved in something different. We found out that our consumer cannot relate to that same nostalgia, authentic European tradition that we had. And so we simplified it for our consumer. We're that happy brand, that upgrade from, uh, from an Oreo cookie and from uh, an Eggo waffle. And we do play in multiple categories. We view it as, you know, we provide that happiness throughout Consumer's Day, whether that's the breakfast, which is our best performing line, our cookies, that's like that afternoon pick-me-up when, you know, you have, you're like sitting at your desk, you have that coffee and you just need to elevate it with like a little bit of chocolate or you put those kids in bed, you want a glass of wine and a chocolate lava cake because you deserve it. And that's what we're really all about. Uh, indulgence, folks. Indulgence. Everybody knows I like to talk on health. I'm a big <laughs> proponent of it. I'm also a proponent of talking about things that we are going to enjoy. Indulging is totally okay. When you have a healthy relationship, it's going to sound like a, an afternoon special here. When you have a healthy relationship with food, you can have cookies um, yes. because you understand what and when and what it, you know, what, what it does to your body, how much you can have, when you should have it. Balance is key in all things. Again, another episode. Um, let's go into the sort of the big break for you guys. Um, where was it? Like what year was it? Was it four years ago? What can you remember sort of in hindsight where you did have that sort of breakout moment? Yeah, I think we got, uh, I'm trying to think back, but a, a big brand awareness campaign for us was when uh, we were on board JetBlue. So we were one of the complimentary snacks on JetBlue from 2018 till 2020 when the pandemic started. We were no longer on the airplane. Um, and that gave us a lot of brand awareness. I, you know, New York, Florida, California are our main, our great performing markets for us. And I do think that partnership has a lot to do that. We have tons of other partnerships right now. Um, but I want to say that in brand awareness and then in terms of what product and the sweet spot, it's fresh breakfast. And this is what we're really passionate about right now. This is the new category that we're pioneering with retail partners and are very excited because yeah, there's a lack of fresh breakfast options in, in, in the US, in my opinion, you know, there's, and what do Americans eat? They eat for breakfast, right? What's the most common American breakfast? Eggs and bacon, eggs and sausage. So why is breakfast in the frozen aisle? And that's something that's taking us now four or five years to do over time very slowly. And um, we're really having a, a lot you know, of success with it. And I'm very excited and proud of our team for, for, for doing that. 
Well, I can unpack five things there. Number one is, what do I have? I have a protein shake, but that's for another day. Number two is, why is it in frozen? Because of convenience. We all know that. Um, three is, we don't necessarily have a healthy relationship with food and understand what it does. So there's that tentacle to it. Yep. Um, there are ways of continuing to eat it with, anyway. I'd be happy to jump in on the health no, no. anytime. You know, I'm, right. you, I, you know you're pumping I'm iron. You're pumping iron. I saw it on Instagram. Um, Anouk, let me go. Let me just, because I got a couple minutes here. Well, um, talk to me about the fresh thing, just for context. What do you mean by that? You want to do fresh breakfast. What, what is it? So we've positioned our crepes and our pancakes, our bite-sized pancakes and crepes. In, in Europe, you purchase these items fresh you purchase them next to eggs next to dairy next to yogurt and in america when we started our business we were told go and put it in the frozen aisle which we did but we started incubating um at costco then we went to walmart uh we grew over the years from 60 to 300 to 780 stores and then to target 200 uh, super targets um this summer with this fresh breakfast so we're merchandised next to the refrigerated dough or eggs and the performance, the consumer is just reacting extremely well to finding our product there. It's extremely incremental. You think you buy your eggs. It's not like you're saying, oh, am I buying eggs and, and or crepes? You, you really, it's complimentary. That's the item that we see our consumer in mass and in specialty saying, this is the best breakfast I had in 49 years on this planet Earth. Like, I cannot make these reviews up. It's just, it's, think about it yourself. Like, if you eat breakfast, it's a habit. It's a habit. You probably, you know, you vary a bit right and left, but it's kind of, you, you, you stick to what you, are, you, you like and enjoy. And, and the consumer is reacting extremely well to finding us in that area of the store versus in the frozen store area. I, I think fresh is going to continue to grow. Um, whenever I think of, of a fresh product that wasn't found there sometime before, I always think of Perfect Bar. Uh, shout out Perfect Bar. I'm just such a fan. I'm so weird when I talk about it. Um, this is years ago. I remember the Bumble just eating that. I was one of the first customers. Um, they had to create that category. Um, and now you have those that have come after it, right? Have a bar that's refrigerated. So they have to ask for the space, right? Remove a yogurt, whatever it may be. So breakfast definitely has that um, sort of ability to do that. It's what's, what is it going to be? What are the offerings? Right. Um, you see a lot more, even, even uh, hard boiled eggs, you know, already ready prepared and stuff like that. Right. So I can see what I consider to be a, a sweet item um, parlaying itself next to what most would uh, um, come to, to expect in that category. Correct. And it's, it's a baked good, right? So it's, it's really, it's a ready-made baked good. So you take the, the crepes, you take the pancakes, you either put them, heat them up in the stovetop or in the microwave, and it tastes like homemade. It's for that mom that, you know, just want to pick it up and, and want to bring her family together in the morning time, but doesn't feel like, or doesn't have the time to whip them up from scratch because, I mean, I have kids. I, I can't do that every morning. And, and, these pancakes are so good, so easy. And, you know, if you look at our ingredient profile, our, our calorie content on the breakfast item 
it is very you know in line with with a healthy breakfast that's just I, I want to say healthy, uh, good for, for, you know, to start the day. Let's call it like that. It is not overly indulgent like our desserts or our cookies, which are those afternoon pick-me-up. I have young kids. I do waffles. It, it, don't shame me. Don't, don't even try to. Don't even. Good for uh, you. It's, good it's for common. you. Let's keep, because that's what people want. They want to know. I talk, I talk health. I talk, I talk transparency. It is what it is. We got to get out the door. We gotta, I'm okay with complex carbs. I understand it. My kids understand it. They don't get to pour the syrup on there. We'll talk about that on another show. <laughs> uh, anyway, Anouk, I like it. Uh, Belgian boys, I'll, I'll put the info there. Um, there's a, there, I, you got a cool brand. Um, I think we can do a follow-up on this because we could get deeper on a few things, but um, I loved having you. Thank uh, you. Thanks for having me. Of course, of course. Uh, Nicole, Hi. besides you pumping iron, she does. <laughs> I saw it on Instagram, everybody. She's doing deadlifts, squats. It's good. Uh, Gibbs, tell us about Gibbs. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. So we see two things at Gibbs um, in retail and in, in commerce in general. We see one that brands are looking to step back from discounts. Um, how can we still see that sales pop without having to do a discount and end up in a race to the bottom? So that's number one. Number two is that customers are demanding that brands stand for something. And both of you may be very aware, very aware of this as you guys are giving brands. And I think that's just beautiful. Um, so they're demanding that brands stand for something, but do this in an authentic way. So brands are saying, okay, like, well, a lot of times they're saying, well, we know what we stand for, um, but is this resonating with our customers? Um, and also our customers can care about so many things. So Gives comes at the nexus of these two trends, allowing brands to step back from discounts and weave in social impact in a meaningful way. And this can manifest in a variety of ways, really. But I would say like one example of that is instead of saying um, for a discount, traditional kind of language, uh, would be 20% off of your purchase. There's a couple different ways that you could do that um, with a donation incentive, which actually, believe it or not, <laughs> and we still pinch ourselves sometimes, but donation incentives actually do perform just as well, if not better than discounts, especially when following some best practices and actually making it authentic to your brand. Um, so for a donation incentive, you could say something like, uh, We'll, we'll give you 10% off and 10% to the charity of your choice. And you can feature the, you can feature the causes and the charities that you love, um, but also giving the agency to the customer. And what you're going to see is that, well, first of all, that, that becomes a very um, interesting conversation around giving customer the agency, but you have to remember that the customers love your brand and that's why they're going to you. And you're going to see that Almost all of the time, I'd say like about 80%, the customers uh, align with your causes and your charities and, they, and they'll, they'll pick a featured charity. So you're going to learn like, okay, well, what are the featured charities that we've said we love they're going to um, align with? Or maybe they're going to pop in and, and choose a charity that's near and dear to, to their heart. So you're going to learn something about them as well. Um, so I would say that that is uh, the high level of what we're doing at Gives, and we're really creating personalized purpose at scale. Cool. I like it. 
I like it. We'll do the uh, the workout stuff on it another episode as well. Oh, that I'm uh, I'm, I'm game. <laughs> anyway, anyway. Uh, Nicole Anouk, thank you for joining us. Let's go. Thanks for having us. Thank you.